us know, know him. There's probably a lot of things you don't know about this guy, and I'm going to let it out. Um, he's been a teacher, an elder, a principal, school principal, so that's, you know, that's some tough stuff right there. But he's broken the speed limit many, many, many times legally, though. And uh, he could probably share with a little bit about that. I love this guy. He's, uh, he's a powerful, humble man, and we're honored to uh, get to hear Lee Cooperman speak today. I asked Russ to stay. Stay. You're, you're used to saying that. <laughs> This is going to be an interesting morning. I, this has been blown away. It's, um, but I wanted to ask Russ to stay. Uh, this is my friend. And I'm, I'm privileged to say that. He's always here. Have you ever noticed? Except when he's not here. But here's someone, and, and you don't see this, and I'm, but I'm, I'm guessing that if it's happened with me, it's probably happened with you. He is uh, unbeknownst. I, I didn't realize it was happening, but in hindsight, I look back and say, he pushes me. He doesn't give me an option. You notice I've been doing cantorials and readings. And, and what he'll do is he'll wait till the last second. And then he says, you're up. <laughs> and and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I just wanted people, and, and if you've noticed, he has gained a lot of wisdom over the last year. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great person. Hey. And, and do us a favor and somehow get a post out Monday after the surgery, okay? So we know how Siri is. Um, this has been a, the, probably the most difficult message that I've ever had to put together. Not because it's a hard message, but from a, uh, for a lot of outside obstacles. I, I'm pretty sure I heard from the Lord on what to speak on. The problem is there's two points, and they don't really go together. It's disjointed in a way. On top of that, from the time that I made a statement to our loving leader, Stuart, that I was going to start helping and, and stepping back into the ring, you could say, the attacks have been nonstop, more than just, you know, as a Messianic Jewish congregation, we get attacked. Why? Because if the devil can kill off the Jews, he's won. So it's, it's been one thing after another. It's, it's been constant. Um, usually I can put a message together in a day or two, no problem. If you, and I got to be really careful how I say this. I get my best messages when I'm in the shower. Now, I, in fact, I, I was talking to Stuart the other day. He was checking on some stuff. And I said, man, you know, in the shower, I got the Lord just, it just comes. It just, boom. And I can stand there in the shower and just have this great message. And the problem is every time, by the time I get out of the shower, I forget. So then I have to try to start all over again and find my place. And, and this one is about how much, and, and if you think about it, the prayers today downstairs, Wendy hit on it, uh, everybody just about did, was a little bit about this message. It kind of enveloped it. It went around it. And some of the songs today were right on. So I'm positive I'm on the right path but it may sound like I'm going here 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 and I'm going to let the Lord have you pick out what's good for you and put it together uh, because otherwise I'm in trouble uh, 
let me give a preamble. I, I hate buzzwords. The, and, and help me out here. What are the, some of the buzz phrases and words that we have today? Um, the, the difficult times we live in or the, what are some of them they always say? You see it on TV all the time. Just yell it out. Yeah, getting back to normal. But a lot of it is about the difficult times or the scary times or the this times or the that times. And I hate them. The newest one I found is called Reset. That's the newest buzzword. And they're going to reset the government. Or I think, I don't even know really. But I put it, we live in scary times. We live in scary, scary times. And because I'm retired, and I'm, especially the last little bit, I've been uh, being a nurse, and you'll hear about that in a second. So I watched some Newsmax, I watched some Fox TV. And if you let that soak in, oh, it's horrible. You know, do I believe this side? Do I believe this side? Who do I believe? What do I believe? Those are the times we're living in. But we have one thing we can believe in that's faithful and always the same. So that's number one. Number two, and I want you when you leave here to remember these two points how much God loves you. And number two, and this is where it, if someone has the answer to how these two fit totally together, let me know. But the second point is the old covenant has as much love in it as the, old, as the new covenant. The old covenant has not been done away with. And somewhere at the end of it, I was going to say this, but it's dispensationalism. The old covenant's done away. We live by the new covenant. The old covenant was law. The new covenant is grace and love. Well, I'm sorry, but we don't live in the 60s and 70s anymore where it's, what, what was the phrases? Uh, love, peace, um, free love. Uh, all, yeah, all that. It's, it's what I call gooey love, you know? It doesn't have any weight to it. It doesn't have any substance to it. It's a word. Just like it's easy for us to say, Lord, I know you love me. It's so easy. But do we really believe it in our hearts? We had the song today. Thank you, Wendy. That he loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his only son for us. That's what we have to understand. When I get into it, you'll notice, I think I only have one passage from the new covenant. I purposefully stayed in the old covenant because I want to emphasize God loved the Israelites. He loved as much in the old covenant as he did in the new. So I know when you give a message, one of the things they teach you is, don't apologize for what you're saying. Say it. Well, I'm going to break it a little bit because I know it's going to be a little bit disjointed. Um, bear with me. Let me get through this and see if the Lord doesn't show you something out of it. I'm more of a prophetic person, and I'll get thoughts and words up here that I can't necessarily get out here sometimes. And that's why someday I'd like to teach a little bit about prophetic. A prophetic type of person, and I would never say prophet because it rubs me the wrong way. A prophetic type of person or someone who's got that gifting has to have a pastor next to them because they can un... Uh, untangle what you've tangled sometimes. And, and the perfect example in my mind is, uh, have you ever heard of Kansas City Fellowship? I think it might even have a new name. It's the 24-hour prayer. IHOP. IHOP, yes. Mike Bickle. Around 19... Yes. Well, a, our elders... Around 1990, 
went for a week. We got all in Dan Juster's van. It was hilarious. And we drove from Maryland to Kansas City, and we spent a whole week with them. Bob Jones was there. Everybody know Bob Jones? Okay. Bob Jones wouldn't say anything if Mike Bickle wasn't standing right there because he knew. And, and unfortunately, Bob did fall, but then he was uh, reinstated. He went through reconciliation, and he was reinstated. And as I understand it, he, didn't, he died not too long ago. I went home to the Lord. Um, but he always had Mike Bickle at his side because sometimes it wouldn't come out properly. Uh, it's just something I have to live with. So anyway, I'm going to try to get my points. Uh, I talked about God's love. The Old Covenant go together. They're not separate books. The Old Covenant was not done away with and replaced by the New. And in fact, it was Wendy again, back to Wendy, that prayed this downstairs that about not one jot or tittle will pass away from the law. The law isn't bad. The law is there for us, not against us. It's definitely not old equals law and new equals grace. And it's definitely not old is God with the two by four waiting for us to mess up, waiting for us to do something wrong and whack us. And that's what some people think. I don't understand why. Uh, and the new is the full of grace. Well, what's happened is, I, uh, this is a hard one. I'm not the lovable type person. I'm not the type of per Tom, he's the lovable person. <laughs> you can't help but love Tom, can you? I mean, if you meet him for five minutes, you love him. I don't have that personality. There's a couple people I know that do. One is Tom. One is a friend of mine named Ken. We're chaplains together at Bandemir Raceway and whatever racetrack we happen to be at, but that's the majority. And I used to joke, half-jokingly, say to him, would you please lay hands on me so people would love me as much as they love you? It's, it just, you know, it's his personality. You meet him, you love him. John Bandemir, the owner of the racetrack, you meet that guy, you love him. He is the most cool, sincere, lovable believer that you've ever met. And if, if John walks up to you now, Imagine this. He's the type person. He can walk up to you. He can point his finger, and he does this. If you were to die tomorrow, do you know where you're going to be? And they love him. And this man has won more people to the Lord because of his love. But unfortunately, that's not me. So pray for me. Um, go, let's go back to the attacks. And, and there's actually a miracle involved here. Uh, about two months ago, I took my dogs to the vet. And one of the things, it was just for their general check, get whatever shots. Uh, and, but I started doing it, because they're getting older, I started doing what's called a blood wellness check. They draw blood, they check it, and it, it'll tell you precursors for kidney failure, liver failure. Cancer, it doesn't pick up unless it's so advanced it's probably too late. But it tells you a lot of things so that you can catch it early and deal with it. And I know not everybody's a dog lover, so excuse me. It came back that they had protein in their urine. Well, one of them was just a tiny bit, so we kind of just said, we'll man manage her with dog food. But the other one was pretty high, so we said, we got to do these other tests. Well, we did this test, came back negative, did this test, came back negative, did the, the bills were, yeah. the diagnostics is very expensive. The last test that my vet wanted to do was an ultrasound, and they found a mass. Well, what happened from there 
is the news started out a little bad. She had a mass. And she said that it was very hard, which made her think or lean towards the fact that it was cancer. Everything that happened from there on, every because I had to go to a specialty vet, and then they had to do a physical, and then they had to send me to the internal uh, medicine vet uh, at the same location. And every time I talked to somebody, every test they did, it got worse and worse and worse. So at the same time, we come up to present time, I'm supposed to be putting a message together. I couldn't even think about it because since I don't have kids, these are my kids. And I finally, it, it was horrendous. I, I was ready to lose her. It was that bad. You know, they said the mass was about two inches and then it was bigger. Well, when they finally got the CT scan, it was huge. So finally I got hold of the actual surgeon that was gonna do the surgery and she was the first person that gave me some hope. Because all this time, you've gotta understand what's going through my head. God, don't take my baby. God, please. I prayed. Uh, I'm trying to think how I prayed, but it was, Lord, I'm standing on your word. I know it's a dog. I know it's not a human. It's my baby. Don't take my baby. But I had all these negative thoughts, and what do we do? We always think the most negative I'm going to lose her. I'm going to lose her. I'm going to lose my baby. But she gave me a little hope. And when I took her in for surgery, I just measured it yesterday. It was a 10-inch incision in her belly. And they thought they were actually going to have to have two incisions, one here and an episiotomy from the rear because of the location. It was so bad. And uh, so they took her in for surgery. And miracle number one, got it all. They were able to literally, I, because of that test, we caught it early. And you know how on masses they grow blood vessels that attach to different organs. This hadn't really done that much. Uh, there were very few blood vessels, but the mass itself was so big it attached to these organs, the colon, the urethra, and the bladder. So what they did is they peeled it off. So, you know, it's like peeling off uh, something that's stuck and you peel a little bit and you might cut a little and then you peel a little more and you peel a little more. And they got the whole thing. One incision, big one, but one. So we went home and again, I've got to get a teaching together. I said, this is not good. I, I didn't call Stu, but I wanted to. It's like, no, I can't. I couldn't concentrate on it because my mind was elsewhere. I brought her home and started giving her the painkiller and the stuff, and she almost died. She had such a bad reaction. It, it was like just the next attack, the next attack. Every time I got through one, something else happened. She was almost comatose. She just laid. She would get up, and she'd, I'd actually walk her. When God got side, she actually was a little better. But she lost control of her rear legs. She could barely get up and down. Once she was up, she was a little better. And I want to make this fast. I got to get going here. Um, it was horrendous. She was started throwing up. So I, I was calling the vet. I took her off all the medication myself, which was scary. But uh, Millie and Stuart were praying that God would give me wisdom in the right decisions. And I took her off everything, and that actually helped. So by Sunday when we had our men's meeting, which I thought was really good, um, she was a little better. But then by Sunday evening, she was almost back to where she was, and there were some other issues. So finally, I called like 11.30 at night, and I said, I want the vet, the, the internal medicine vet to call me, and of course she didn't. She was very nice. She just, I guess, was busy. So I called back the next day about 10. She finally called me at 11. We had a long talk, and I explained everything, and I said, listen, 
this stuff's killing my dog. And I said, I've got what's called carprofen because my other dogs had two ACL surgeries and that's the anti-inflammatory. I said, it sounds like that's what she needs because what happened is when you peel the mass off all these organs, it inflames them, it irritates them. So she said, that sounds good, but we gotta do blood work and urine work <laughs> because this stuff's dangerous if you give it more than about two weeks. So I, again, back to the vet, another 250 some dollars came back good. By the time I got out of the vet and came home, I noticed she was a little bit more perky. By the time I got home, she was like, wow, better. I started giving her this carprofen, and if you didn't know her normal, you would think she's normal, even though she still has another week or two of healing to go through. We just got the staples out yesterday. She just turned around. Miracle number two. Miracle number three, we got the pathology back, I guess it was yesterday, day before yesterday, nothing. So, yes, it's a dog. It's a dog, but it's my, it's my baby. And they do say, it's in Psalms, I wish I could remember where it says it, Patricia might know, where it says, you know the character of a man by the way he takes care of his animals. Oh, it's in Proverbs? Thank you, thank you. So anyway, that's where my mind was, and that's why I was having so much trouble with this. Still in the preamble. We... Uh, Uh, I'm going to go into it. We've spent enough time on that stuff. A little bit more about me and about the personality issues. Sunday at the men's meeting, I told them a little story that happened to me many years ago when I, I used to do counseling. And uh, we had a, fr a friend. We did pre-marriage counseling, but... Before she got married, she wanted to fix something. It was her finances. They were beyond a mess. They were like catastrophic. So and at one point, I actually took her checkbook away from her. I was pretty bold back then. She used to come over once a week to our house and pay her bills so I could keep an eye on things. So one time she came over and we had our meeting and I felt so good. I said, you know what? I was so nice to her. I was polite. I, I, just, I just felt great. And the instant she walked out the door, my ex says, why were you so tough on her today? I don't, that, that's where I am. So, um, but lately, see, I don't see the love of God all the time. That's not my personality. It's, it's not something I look for in scriptures. But as I've gotten older, maybe I've mellowed out. Maybe something strange has happened to me. But all I can see lately when I read the scriptures, whether it's the old covenant or the new, is the love of God just coming out at me, coming out at me, coming out at me. He loves me. He loves me so much. Even if I can't grasp it, even if I can't cry over or whatever, he, he healed my dog. And he'll do it for everybody in the circumstances they're in. So the premise is it's important to remember that we have a loving father, but we also have a just father. And that's where part of the old covenant comes in because that's where people get entangled and turned and don't understand about the love of God. Just think like a parent. I would be willing to guess that any parent here would trade their lives for their kids. But that doesn't stop you from disciplining your kids, does it? 
Discipline is a part of life. Don't put away the rod. I mean, it's right in scriptures. Discipline your kids. Train your child in the way they should go. And when they are old, exactly. It's the same with our father. The love he created us to have fellowship with him. He loves us and supplies all we need for life and godliness. He gave us his word to learn about him. He, typo, he laid out his plans for us through the prophets in advance. Remember, it says, nothing that I've done did I not tell the prophets first. So they could lay it out so you knew that it was going to be God that did it. If you take the old covenant as a whole, isn't it a picture of God wooing his children? The number of new chances he gives us to get it right is astounding because I know I'm way past 70 times 7. I mean, way past. Can you hear the Lord saying, Please, children, follow my ways and not your own. Please, and I emphasize the word. Here's a parent, please, children, child, don't go your own way. I'll bless you beyond your hopes. How many parents wouldn't give anything for their kids or give anything to their kids that was good for them? I own the cattle on a thousand hills Everything I have is yours. Just follow me. He wants our hearts. That's covenant. In a covenant, and this is a great teaching. Maybe Stu will do it someday or Kent or somebody. And Kent could take what I'm doing here. There is so much on the love of God in the old covenant. He could do an eight-week course on it. But he's a teacher. I'm not. Um, I lost my place. Covenant. Blood covenant. What happens in a blood covenant? Each person gives the other person a gift. And it's not just any gift. It's a gift that's important to them. It's something that's valuable to them. We give the Lord our hearts. He gives us eternal life. He gives us everything. Can you start to envision what the Lord is saying now? I love you. You're the apple of my eye. Please walk with me. And then here's the but. I gave you freedom of choice. If you decide not to if you decide to do it on your own, there are consequences. And that's what we're going to start to talk about now. Look at Saul. Saul was God's chosen, but Saul did it on his own. He landed up eating grass for seven years. David, a man after God's own heart, the king of Israel, the star of David, one of the greatest kings of all time. And yet he sinned. He did it on his own. And what happened? There was a consequence, wasn't there? He didn't lose the kingship. He didn't lose all those other things, but he lost his son. There was a consequence for him going out, you know, from this path. And he just went over here and did his own thing. And he paid a consequence for it. The law isn't bad in itself. The law is there not for legalism and a ton of rules. And to be honest, that's where Judaism has gone astray. It's all about rules. Do this, do that, do this, do that. It's not works. Does every, anybody here know what mitzvot, mitzvah or mitzvot? Okay, yeah, our genius, resident genius. Good works, good deeds. And 
in traditional Judaism, because there's no temple to do a sacrifice anymore, how do you get rid of your sins? Good works. And I've had relatives that thought this. Have you ever noticed you go into, whether it's a synagogue, usually a synagogue or home for the aged, and you'll see plaques next to all the different doors. This one dedicated by this one. This one dedicated by this one. Because people gave money for that. That's a good work. That's a mitzvah. That's going to get me in good standing with God. Because if your good works outweigh your bad works, you get to go be with the Lord. I don't think they want to think about what happens if your bad works outweigh your good. But that's the key to it. They don't know. They, they, they were looking for some way, and they landed up with good works. The law is there to incentivize us not to sin. That's why it's there. It's saying, here I am. Here's all the blessings. We're going to look at Deuteronomy 28. But follow me. Give me your heart. Walk with me. Blessing. Go on your own, discipline, consequences. Now, as believers, we're not supposed to look down on discipline. We're supposed to be thankful for discipline. But they weren't back then. And they thought that it was him breaking out against them. And, they, and it did a number of times. Okay, here's the example that I'm talking about. You're driving down the road, and you're doing 55 miles an hour. Speed limit's 55, we'll just say. And you go past a cop. You can smile at that cop. You can wave at that cop. Have a great day. Now you're going down the same road, and you're doing 75. Then the cop is waving at you. <laughs> and it's not all good. Do you see what I'm getting at? It's not to say hi to you. He's going to stop you, and there's going to be something else you're going to discuss. The Lord says, I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose. Choose life. We have to choose to walk with the Lord. Okay, first scripture, Deuteronomy 25. Or, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 6. Now, a couple of these are long, but hopefully enjoyable. Okay. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and ordinances that Adonai, your God, commanded to teach you to do in the land you are crossing over to possess so that you might fear Adonai, your God, to keep all his statutes and mitzvot or law that I am commanding you and your son and your son's son's, son's son all the days of your life, and so you may prolong your days. There's the blessing. There's the promise. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and take care to do this, so it may go well with you, and you may increase mightily as Adonai... The God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. When you prosper, do not forget. That's just the title of the next section. It's just too long to read. When you prosper, when God blesses you, don't forget. You know how easy it is when things are going good to go our own way. It's much easier than when there's pressure. When your son asks in, uh, you in time to come, saying... What are the testimonies and the statutes and the ordinances that Adonai your God commanded you? Then you are to tell your son, we were slaves to Pharaoh. This is where my new friend over here took part of my talk. Uh, in Egypt, and Adonai brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. That was one of the mighty works of God. Most of the love is going to be smaller things of God, where he just wants to bless you. He brought them out of Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey. These are the blessings if you walk with him. 
Verse 15, this is the discipline if you don't. Uh, Let me find it quick. For Adonai your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of Adonai your God will be kindled against you and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. It's pretty strong. It's a consequence of the decision that they might make. He is not being mean as a lot of people think. He's giving us a choice. Can you see that his love is everywhere in the old covenant as well as the new? Now, here's my only new covenant scripture. I think it's in Matthew 5. Oh, this is about the jot and tittle. Do you think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets? I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. Amen, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or seraph, jot or tittle, shall ever pass away from the Torah until all things come to pass. That's not a temporary statement. There's covenants that do pass away, some of the old covenant covenants, but some of them are forever. It says from now on. You don't go away with the law and only use the grace. It's simply that God loves us. He gave his son for us. He loves us so much that he's given us eternal life with him. Now, one of my favorite scriptures, and this was one of the coolest little miracles. And when I say smaller things, you know, for one person, not for a nation, this was one of the coolest scriptures that he gave to me for a miracle that I've never seen before in my life, before or after, until maybe now. At the time, I was a vice principal of a school that we helped sponsor called Montgomery County Covenant Academy, 7th through 12th grade. And as a vice principal, (laughs) it was tough because it was always a love-hate relationship because the vice principal did all the discipline. But one of the things I did was all the uh, sports activities, all the details of all the things the kids did, but including getting scheduling done and room schedules for during the summer for the following year. So in the summer, we'd work till maybe 12 o'clock. And uh, at the time, I think, at that time, I think Keith Intrader was the principal. I was the vice principal. And uh, you might know him as Asher. Um, but we would go pray a lot, and we'd stay there till noon, and then we'd go home, and that was our day. So I left that school, and I said, oh, I didn't say anything, but God said to me, go pray over your new home. I was looking for a new home. We had found a home because our home group had gotten too big for the room, we, the house we were in. And I said, no. I mean, that simply, I said, no, because I'm not going to let my hopes get up just to have them crushed. Because back then, interest rates were over 18%. Houses were on the market for a year and a half and didn't sell. It was crazy. So I I went down to a stop sign, and the second time the Lord says, go pray over your new house. And I said, no. Well, my normal way to go home was go straight, but I would have gone within about a half a mile of where this new house was. So I turned left and went a different way. Sound like Jonah? (laughs) I went a different way just so I wouldn't go near the house. So as I'm driving, the Lord said third time, go pray over your new house. I said, I think I'll go pray over my new house. So I doubled back and went over to the house, parked in the driveway. It was a brand new house, never been lived in. I walked around, I looked in the windows, And I said, well, yeah, we can do this here, and I need to do this here, and I need to do this here. I just looked in the house and had a blast, got in my car, backed out, and said, I forgot to pray. So I pulled back in. No joke. This is it. This was my prayer. Lord, if this is the house you're giving me, I'd receive it. I backed up, and I went home. 
Now, what you have to understand is because that house, they had broken a rule. They weren't taking any contingent contracts. But because someone had bought the house and it fell through, we were there. It was what we wanted. We took it. They gave us 60 days to sell and settle on our house when other houses were on the market for a year and a half. It was insane. We put the house on the market. One or two people looked at it. It was, you just, that was the market. So I went home. I sat down. I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I still remember. It wasn't more than half an hour from the time I got home. The phone rang. The house was sold. It was on the 30th day. It was the last day we could have sold the house and still been able to settle in time to get the new house. It's one of the coolest miracles he's ever performed for me. Now, here's a scripture he gave me. John 16, 24. Until now you've not asked anything, ask in my name and you will receive that your joy might be full. Now, I didn't know that scripture. I mean, I knew it, but I, he gave me that scripture for that moment. That's love of God. That's how much he loves us, even in the small details. Now, back to Moses. Exodus. And I got to speed up. I'm going too slow. This is what happens when you give me a mic. This is when Moses goes to the burning bush and God starts talking to him about going back to Israel. Going back to Egypt, I'm sorry. Look at how many times Moses said, I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Over and over. And it wasn't until the end when it became really obvious that Moses wasn't trusting his father could do it through him, that it says the Lord got angry. Over and over, when I don't know if I would have that much patience with a child. I just don't know if I could. But he just stayed there with him. He loved him. He loved him. He loved him. I'm going to do this. I can't do that. What if about this? What about that? I'll do this. I'll do that. And every step of the way, God was showing Moses love, even to the end when he said, but I can't speak. And I'll bring Aaron, and he'll speak for you. That's how much the Lord loves us. Look how gentle he was with Moses. And until that time, like I said, until that time when he said he got angry because Moses was obviously not trusting him. There are so many more places that we can see his incredible love for us. Like I said, Kent could do a whole course on this. I tried to condense. You know, I tell people, when you do a teaching, just teach one point. If people walk out remembering the point, you've been successful. If you teach the whole Bible in one time and they don't remember any of it because it's too much, you haven't been successful. So to close, there are many to think that we don't have to deal with the old covenant. It's replaced with the new. It's not accurate. That is not accurate. The old covenant and the old, a new covenant go together. That's the best way I can say is that they're attached. And the new covenant is the fulfillment of everything that's in the old covenant. So I want to challenge you that as you read your scriptures, especially when you read the old covenant, look for it. You know how I've mentioned before, I, I truly with all my heart believe in divine appointments. But I believe divine appointments come when you expect them. When you say, Lord, give me a divine appointment, when it's exciting, he'll give them to you. Same thing here. Start looking for the love of God in the old covenant.
Now, I'm almost at the end, a few more scriptures to go over, but the problem that we have with all this is that we have free will and we have sin nature, and neither one of those is good at sometimes. Uh, sin is easy. Ever notice that? Sin, anybody can sin. Sometimes it's more fun on the surface until you do it, and then you find out, uh-oh. And we seem to take the easy way way too often. It's easy to cut somebody down, isn't it? Again, if I've repeated any of these, I'm sorry, but I just love telling stories. One time, I, re I remember it to this day, and we're talking back in the, probably the early 80s. That's a long time ago. Uh, standing at the top of the stairs, kind of in the foyer at Beth Messiah, with Jerry Miller and Paul Wilbur. We were all friends, and we were guys. What do guys do? We were sarcastic all the time, all the time. And I wish I could say that this was my idea, but I can't. I, I actually, I believe it was Jerry, but I, I couldn't guarantee that. It might have been Paul. Um, we got together and we said, you know, we've got to stop this. And I don't even know what brought it on. It could have been a teaching we just heard or something. We've got to stop doing this. We're supposed to be building each other up, not being sarcastic and cutting one another down. We're supposed to speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that doesn't sound guy-like, but it is. Because it takes someone strong to say to someone, I care about you. It's easy to say, I don't know, whatever, something negative or sarcastic. That's the easy way out. It's hard to walk in love with one another. Which one, sarcasm or building one another up, is, is following the Lord and brings blessing to us? Okay, so we're almost at the end. Exodus 19, 3 to 6, uh, talks about, and I'm going to summarize quickly. If you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure from among all people. For all the earth is mine. So as for you, you will be to me a kingdom of Kohanim and a holy nation. This is what God wanted. He wants us to be sanctified unto him. Sanctified, set apart to him. Not set apart to the world. And we need to make that decision. Exodus 20, Ten Commandments. Worship and serve no other gods, no idols. Worship the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I think that means with everything that we are. doesn't mean part of us. It means worship the Lord with every single part that we have in us. But if you don't, if there's iniquity, that equals discipline for three to four generations. That's what it says. But what does it say if you do follow the Lord? If you do, he will show kindness to thousands of generations. That's the heart of God. Okay, so finally to repeat. Love the Lord. Keep my mitzvot. Keep my law then receive my love. Shabbat's a perfect example. It's not legalistic, like some people think. You know, it says you can't walk more than, I, I believe it's two-thirds of a mile, because exactly two-thirds of a mile, you'll start to sweat, and that equals work. You can't turn lights on, can't cook, can't do anything. That's legalism, that's rules. God says it's for us. It's a day of rest. It's a day of worship. It's for revitalizing ourselves. He came to test the people to make sure his fear or the fear of God 
is in you so that you do not sin. Again, we're back to that same principle. The law isn't bad. The law is just to be there so we won't sin. And that sounds to me like a father, a loving father teaching his children. So especially with the craziness that's going on today, we need to be a people that lean on God. We need to be a people that lean on his word. We need to be a people that understand deep in our kitschkas, in here, how much he loves us. Because if we know that, then when the hardships come, we have some concrete to stand on. It's kind of like committing to a congregation. If you commit here because God's called you here, then when Stuart or I or Russ or anybody else says something you don't like, you won't be out the door. Because this is where God's called you to, and you're going to make this a better place. And I'll tell you, I've changed my thinking. I always thought, well, this place could, let's pray, let's pray, let's get some more people in here. And I've changed on that. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of love in this community, even though it's small. It's amazing to me how much love there is for one another in this community. So stand on the rock. Stand on the love of God. Stand on the commitment with the people around you. And there's not a difficulty that you can't face. There's not a hardship that you can't get through because you know God loves you. And uh, another one of my favorites is uh, Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Got it memorized? Oh. Israel, you're my people. When you go through the water, it will not overcome you. And when you go through the fire, it will not burn you. That's the kind of God we have. So with that, do you remember the two points? God loves you. Love of God old covenant is not done away with. Amen. Thank you, my brother. And I hope it wasn't so disjointed that you can't piece it together. And that is one reason I took my Bible that I use, my physical Bible, and I ripped that little sheet that's between the two 